Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. In partnership with BetOnline.ag, the place to be for all of your betting needs comes the Red Sox Beat Podcast with Josh Wynn. The Red Sox Beat is the best place to keep up to date with all the Red Sox news on and off the field. Every week features interviews with some of the brightest minds in the baseball world. This week features interviews with Boston Herald writer Jason Mastronato and Red Sox prospect Josh Ockamy. As you are listening, make sure to subscribe to the Red Sox Beat Podcast with Josh Wynn on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Red Sox Beat is back on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and visual content. I know, this guy is not Chris Cotello. I, I'm well aware I'm not Chris Cotello. This is Josh Lewin. Uh, you might remember, remember me from doing some games where I could actually talk at some point last year, about 55 of them maybe, something like that, on the Red Sox radio network, uh, filling in on occasion. Still might do a little pinch hitting for those guys this year. I love that. I've always been a play-by-play guy, but now it's a very podcast world, so I'm making that pivot and happy to take over this beat. I believe this is the 245th episode, which means I'll probably have number 300 on my watch uh, sometime around the fall when perhaps the Red Sox will be in a pennant race. Perhaps they will not. But to get to the bottom of all that, the impossible to pronounce and spell Jason Master Donato is joining us right now, and he's going to get us up to speed on the very latest as we hit the uh, the midweek weekend, I guess, uh, kind of towards St. Patrick's Day-ish portion of our lives. Uh, coronavirus notwithstanding, we're all uh, hopefully using soap and, and trying to, uh, to just kind of get on with our lives. Uh, first of all, Jason, welcome. Thank you for doing this. And how badly yeah, did I... Yeah, thank you. How badly did I mangle your last name? Uh, it's certainly not impossible to say it because you nailed it. Oh, good. Okay. Well, I, I did practice in front of a mirror for like a long time. <laughs> so you're, uh, you're driving as we talk carefully, both hands on the wheel. You, you've got your Bluetooth or whatnot. You betcha. Uh, going to where? You, are you going to Port Charlotte? Is that where Port you're going? Port Charlotte, yeah. They're playing the uh, race tonight. That used to be the Rangers place when I was doing the Rangers games. That was my very first spring training with them before they moved out to, surprise, Arizona. And uh, the one thing I remember speaking of surprise is if you go 46 and a 45 there, they get you. So be careful. Ah, good. That's helpful. I forgot That's about that. You're right. Good, I, yeah. I have heard stories about that. I wish I had heard that story like, you know, a little before I got to Port Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I remember trying to big league the cop too. Like, you know, it wasn't the whole like, don't you know who I am? But I tried <laughs> Tried to be all, well, you know, it's my first time in Port Charlotte. I, I'm the new Texas Rangers TV guy, and I sure do like your area. Oh, is that a ticket? Oh, terrific. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so, 
it's, anyway, uh, the glamour, it's the glamour of the baseball life right there. Yeah, no, I know. I, I wear it very well, as do you now. But, but we all have to wear it carefully in these coronavirus times. And, and yeah. that's I, I never thought I'd start a conversation with you about uh, COVID-19. But I, I think that's where we all have to start now. Uh, other than using soap and, and uh, you know, maintaining a good distance between you and every Red Sox player and coach, uh, how abnormal are things right now? You know, it, strangely, it's not that abnormal yet. It feels like we're just kind of hitting the tip of it. I mean, if you, you listen to the health experts and what's going on around the country, it seems like we're just starting to take precautions now. Like we were way delayed for some reason. It took too long and And now all of a sudden you see a lot of sports teams taking actions and the Seattle Mariners are going to have to find somewhere else to play for a little while. Spring training games are still going on. It's funny. I was, I interviewed a bunch of people yesterday at the Red Sox game. They had the highest, the highest attendance of the season, over 10,000 people at JetBlue Park on the day that um, all over the the country, they're starting to limit large gatherings and, you know, Harvard is closing and Ivy league tournaments canceled. And one thing after another, and there's 10,000 people, in JetBlue Park, and many of them, you know, as we are in Southern Florida, a lot of older people. And I said, aren't you worried? You know, there's the, the experts say it's you know double at risk if if you're an older folk. Uh, a lot of people are, are dying from this thing, and nobody was concerned. It was unbelievable. It was like they they were just so happy to be watching baseball. They they didn't seem to care. So the fans the fans don't seem to care. The players say that they're a little bit concerned, although their interactions with the media, we can't go in the locker room, but it's still pretty normal. Like we're still, I mean, it's not like I'm standing six feet away, holding my arm out really far. I mean, they're, they're being pretty flexible. Um, they don't seem too worried in that way. They're just worried that once one player gets it, it's going to spread through the clubhouse. So it's not that strange yet, but it feels like we're just kind of getting started here. I think it was Shaughnessy who wrote, and it, it really got my attention that, you know, they're keeping all you reporter types at six to eight feet away. Yeah. Well, but meantime, you've got these tour groups just sashaying through dugouts all over spring training. You know, you got like an 84 year old dude just walking through the dugout and yeah. that's fine. But th- anyway, I don't, I don't mean to. Go yeah. Off. Yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting. It's, I mean, obviously you understand why they want to protect the players, but you think there'd be a little bit more interest in protecting the fans a lot of these people i mean sitting shoulder to shoulder packed in like sardines in the stadium and this is what the health experts are saying is not safe right now so it's surprising that the league hasn't it's surprising to me that the league hasn't taken more action in that way i think maybe it will in the coming days as we see some state governments and local local governments and other leagues taking action let me ask you about the education of all of us regarding this penalty it's hanging over everybody like the, the sword of Damocles. Uh, just when do we finally, finally, finally get some sort of clarity about who's being penalized for what and for why? They said it was going to happen before the season. And it, of course, they keep delaying how it works and they want to actually. Um, the coronavirus has not made it easier because they've kind of tricked. So it's actually starting to get a little bit annoying, I think. They just want to know what's going to happen. And there were reports that there was more in the investigation than they originally thought, and so it started taking a little bit longer, and then the coronavirus happened, and it started taking a little bit longer again. They're really confident in Red Sox camp that nothing's going to happen to them. I think they believe that what happened in the app probably very similar in terms of 
all the blame getting pinned on Alex Cora. Or I suspect it's going to be a very similar situation where Alex Cora takes a lot of the blame um, with whatever comes out when it finally comes out because the coaching staff is very confident that nothing's going to happen to them. You know, Ron Renick, he's very confident he's still going to be the manager. And Tom Werner even said when this investigation's over, that, I mean, they're going to make Ron Renicki the manager. He's not going to be the interim manager anymore. He's going to be the actual manager once he's cleared. So there's a lot of conflict. I suspect the penalty is going to be very heavy on Alex Cora. I don't know what specifically is going to happen to the Red Sox. If it's, you know, do they only lose one draft pick instead of the, the two per year that the Houston Astros losses? Do, do they actually go after Dombrowski? John Heyman reported Dombrowski's going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen to him. So it's, it's just so hard to tell right now because we don't know we don't know what's in the investigation, but judging by the vibe from Red Sox camp, they feel pretty confident that nothing's going to happen. We'll get back to Jason Master Donato from the Boston Herald in just a moment. I want to talk to you just for uh, one moment myself here about uh, this, because in partnership with Wondery, the creators of the next big idea in business wars, here comes the School of Greatness podcast with Lewis Howes. The School of Greatness is the best place to learn how to dream bigger, how to live better, basically how to make an impact. Every week, the School of Greatness features conversations with world-class game changers, dives into topics from entrepreneurship and inspiration to health and relationships. So I'm inviting you to get ready to learn the wisdom, the skills, and the tools to write your own story. You're about to hear part of an inspirational interview Lewis did with Kobe Bryant in a special, very special conversation, uh, the basketball legend opening up about overcoming failure, staying humble, and reaching for excellence in everything you do. As you're listening, subscribe to The School of Greatness with Lewis on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. It's hard to believe that uh, Kobe Bryant is no longer with us. We continue with Jason Master Donato, who, by the way, is from Rochester, New York, and, and has the 585 area code on his phone, which I just love. Because I grew up in Rochester before there was a 585 area code. We were 716ers, all of us. And they finally splintered off to 585 when Jason was probably in around second grade. So between Tom yep. Keaton and Jason and me, uh, we're, we're rocking the rock in New England. We, we got some, some Rochester representation. So That's right. Just throwing that out there. Hey, uh, I, I want to ask you about a, a couple of guys here. Raphael Devers is first on my mind because... You know, he's been basically renewed, right, for, for his contract this year. I mean, they, they didn't yeah. give exactly the bottom of what they had to, but it's pretty close, six hundred and ninety-two grand. which let's not do that thing where, boy, wouldn't I like to make six hundred? He's Raphael sure. Devers, right? I mean, so sure. it, I mean, comparatively, that's not a lot of money. Moncada, his good buddy, got his five-year extension with the White Sox. So now people are wondering, when is Devers' extension coming? Do you have a thought on that? Yeah, we asked him, and he, he, he seemed pretty bashful, like – you know, the thing about the contract thing is it's I think right now you, you look back and you compare to what happened to Mookie Betts, right? Three years ago, Mookie Betts was in the same spot last year before arbitration. Um, the team could just renew his contract at whatever they want. He's got no right, no say in the thing. He chose not to agree to the contract, even though they gave him $950,000, which I believe was close to a record at the time. I think Mike Trout got one million, which was the record at the time for his uh, salary before arbitration. So the player has no say in this at all. They can pay him anything they want as long as it's over the minimum salary, which right now is 550 grand. So three years ago, they offer Mookie nine, 950. He doesn't want to agree. And we ask him why. 
And he says it's just to make a point. It's to take a stand that, you know, that that's all he was doing there was just kind of fighting for himself that he doesn't think it's fair that that's what he's making. He came off a great year. He was certainly worth more than that. Um, he didn't like that. Fast forward three years, we know the Red Sox can't sign them. They're, they have to trade them. Now we're in the situation we're in. Devers was way less direct than Mookie. And so I don't know if he just isn't as passionate about it, if he isn't as educated about it, if he kind of is one of the players who just wants to play and he lets his agent handle all that stuff. Um, I don't know, but he just said he's fine. He's got no hard feelings. He didn't really seem to care all that much about the contract situation. I think it's a scary situation if you're the Red Sox. You can't lose him. You can't lose another. You can't keep losing all of your star players one after another because you don't want to sign them long term. So I think that's something to keep an eye on is how do they treat their star players going forward? I mean, they signed Bogarts long term at a pretty, what I thought was a pretty steep discount for the player to take. Um, he certainly would have made more in, in free agency. If you look at Anthony Rendon ended up getting uh, pretty similar players, I think, Bogarts and Rendon. Um, so you, you watch the, how the relationship develops in this way, and you see how the team, the New York Mets are treating Pete Alonso, giving him the record salary for a player uh, coming off his rookie year, that they didn't have to do that, and he was very happy about that. You try to build these relationships. So I don't know if the Red Sox are doing that well right now. We'll, we'll keep an eye on the Devers situation, but it didn't go well with Mookie. Couple guys I want to ask you about before I get to something you wrote, which I just loved the other day. Uh, I'm trying to figure out the catching situation. Will they carry three catchers or not? Ran a Kevin Ploiecki interview the other day just to get people acquainted with him. Jonathan Lucroy, I feel like more people know who he is just because he's been kind of a high level player not too long ago in the big leagues before he started getting hurt all the time. Ron Renicki knows him, loves him, hasn't had a great spring yet. But what do you know of Jonathan Lucroy? Yeah, you know, I had a really interesting conversation with him today. He's 33 years old. He's coming off a herniated disc in his neck that he had surgery for. He said they tested his bat speed in the offseason before surgery and after surgery, and he doubled it after surgery. And, you know, coming into camp, Renicki obviously loves the player. He said that. Lucroy used to just go into his office when they were together in Milwaukee and they'd just start talking baseball before the games quite often. And he's got a lot of faith in his ability to be a catcher, to call pitches, to lead a staff. I really suspect that he's going to, he's going to give Lucroy a chance. And, you know, talking to Lucroy today, he made an interesting point that I haven't heard before. He said, you know, pitchers often have to reinvent themselves after losing velocity. And he said, Trevor Hoffman and Francisco Rodriguez used to talk to me about that, how they have to reinvent themselves later in the career when they lose velocity. He said, hitters do too. And so he's kind of reinventing himself right now. He's working with Jason Veritek. He's got a whole new catching stance where he's going down on one knee and he feels much more comfortable with it. The Red Sox say he's doing a great job blocking balls, um, better job pitch framing. He used to be one of the top in the, in the league in pitch framing. This is a guy who in 2014 finished fourth in MVP voting. So certainly has tremendous offensive potential um, and tremendous defensive potential. If he can get back to a little bit of himself, I think they're going to give him a chance. He's even going to play some first base in spring here to see if he can kind of be a utility guy, like a catcher slash first base utility guy come off the bench. I, I would be shocked at this point if they don't carry him to start the season. He's looking pretty good. You know, you mentioned making adjustments later in somebody's career. I know Chris Sale doesn't have to become Jamie Moyer quite yet, and I'm not advocating for that. But when we finally get to see Chris Sale on the mound, for any kind of extended period of time. What kind of Chris Sale do you think we're going to be looking at? Oh, it's so hard to tell right now because, you know, the thing, I think the biggest thing that he said when he had his press conference after his elbow got hurt was he's not going to change. And I think that's pretty important 
for him to recognize and for the Red Sox to recognize that they got to keep letting him be Chris Sale. You know, there's a lot of talk about um, what happens with guys who have these low three-quarter arm slots. Like, are they more prone to injuries? You get different opinions based on who you talk to. I don't know that there's actually any data that says they are. But Chris is not going to change his his arm slot. He's not going to change the way that he pitches. Um, He's not suddenly going to start throwing 90 miles an hour just because he wants to keep himself healthy. The way he explained it was, I'm going to go out there and let it rip 100%, and if my arm still hurts, then you're looking at Tommy John surgery. And if his arm doesn't hurt, then he's, he's going to just give the season the best he's got like he has in the past. So I don't, I don't suspect that he's the type of pitcher who's going to start being careful because he doesn't want to get hurt. I think he's the kind of guy who's going to go all in, and if it's not working, he's going to get the surgery. Hey, one more thing to tell everybody about with March having arrived and we're coming up on the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Uh, Make sure you go to Bet Online, open an account today. You can get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest. Starts on March 15th. Yeah, $100,000 March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action. Multiple entries available to you. Really, this season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA XFL still going strong. So, whatever your passion is, Bet Online the place to be for all your betting needs. We invite you to visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online. Take advantage of the very best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. Make sure to use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Okay, I want to get to a guy that I, I never thought we'd be talking about. I actually talked to Josh Akami in spring training about a week ago. I'm going to run that interview for our good friends here on the podcast when you and I are done talking, because I think he's a really interesting, well-spoken dude. Yeah. You you just wrote about your chance encounter with him in the offseason. Can you fill everybody in on that? I love this. <laughs> so it was right at the end of the regular season for the Red Sox, mid-September. They were in Philadelphia. And at that point, they had already made their call-ups from the minors, and, and Josh Hockney was not one of them. Pretty good season in Pawtucket, 25 homers. Um, still looks like he's got a chance to make it to the big leagues at some point, but was not called up. Some of his teammates were. So his teammates were in at Citizen Bank Park playing for the Red Sox on a, a Saturday in September. And I was covering the game. So I call a lift from my hotel in Philly to go to the game. And I get in the car, and the guy's name is Josh. And I have no idea who he is. And we start talking. And before you know it, I realize who he is. And it's it's Josh Akami. And he says that he likes to drive Lyft in the offseason. And he it was his first time doing it. Um, he, he said he did it every day early in the offseason because he needed to give his body a rest. He just wanted something to do. Obviously, we know minor leaguers aren't making a ton of money. They they don't get paid in the offseason. They only get paid during the season. So that was his job. And he, he said he loved it. He talked to people. He he. He was a friendly driver. He's not the kind of guy who just sits there quietly in the front seat. He likes to talk. Um, really interesting guy. And, and you know, he, he said he's just having a lot more fun playing these days, too. And I think that kind of showed this spring. Had a nice spring in Major League Camp for a little while. They just sent him back to Minor League Camp. But um, certainly a guy, it's hard not to root for the kind of guy like that. Just a, a friendly, personable dude who works hard and understands what it takes, um, hopefully, at some point to get to the big leagues. When I was in the International League, Jason, and you'll appreciate this because you're from Rochester, too. When I was doing the Rochester Red Wings games, there was a Pawtucket Red Sox first baseman who we all knew would never make it because he just you know, didn't really have that major league look to him, didn't have the pedigree. His name was Mike Twardoski. Great dude. Toad, they called him. Kind of looked like one. 
but same deal, just the friendliest guy. You rooted for him. You know, he did enough things at AAA that he always hung around at AAA uh, and, and never really broke in the way he wanted to. And I have no idea whatever happened to Mike Tordoski. Maybe he's listening to this podcast right now. And I'd love to get back in touch with him because he was one of my favorite visiting players that ever came through Silver Stadium in Rochester back in the day. But, yeah, yeah those, those guys who were on the cusp, kind of always on the verge of being on the cusp or on the cusp of being on the verge, <laughs> you, you root for guys like that. I think Josh Ockamy is one of them. And I'm going to run that interview back with him in just a bit for everybody. Let me finish up with you there, if you don't mind, because just on that topic of interesting guys in camp, Guys that, that you've met either last year or this year, I mean, uh, I think of a guy like John Andrioli, who's not going to probably make the team, right? I mean, but he's, you know, 29 years old. He's from Worcester. I think it's just really interesting. Prioritized his wife's career over his. He moved to New Jersey recently to make it easier for his wife, who's an aspiring actress, to, to go on auditions and things like that. Uh, you know, his dad used to be... Uh, uh, practice squad player for the Patriots and is a great coach now. So, you know, you, you run into guys like that, you hear their backstories, and you're glad you went to spring training, or, or better stated, almost glad you went to spring training. Are, are there guys like that, like Andrioli, who have come into your universe too? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think this year some guys who have been interesting. I mean, Akami was certainly one of them. Um, you know, Bobby Dalbeck's a kid who, who I find really interesting, just a quiet guy. But he takes himself so seriously that they're trying to teach him how to be more relaxed, how to enjoy the game a little bit. Obviously, he's extremely talented. Um, I, I find the personalities fascinating. There's so many different personalities that you have that can make it in this game where it is such a mental game. And yet you can have guys that are so goofy and relaxed out there, and you can have guys that are so serious and focused and, and still have success. And um, I'm trying to think who else on the Red Sox this year has been kind of interesting from that perspective. Uh, you know, Ruzne Castillo, to me, is a really interesting one. The guy, I mean, he's 32 or 33 years old now. Nobody feels sorry for him because he's made a ton of money, but he's been stuck in the minors for four years, and he's free after one more year. And it's tremendous to see, like, the outlook that he has. You know, people talk about how friendly he is, how he's a professional, how he pays for people's dinners in Pawtucket, and he... he when I think about my time in growing up in Rochester, there was always one or two guys who you knew were going to be on the, the Red Wings every year. And you just loved watching them play because you became familiar with them. And so when I look at, like, Rusne Castillo, I hope that he's got that kind of relationship with people in Pawtucket, that they just love watching him play, that they've got to see him play so much. You know, kind of a 4A guy. We'll see what happens next year if he gets a chance somewhere when he's finally free. But um, it, that's a guy for me that stands out for a minor leaguer who just has a really interesting story. Uh, that's a great answer. And, and hey, I really appreciate your time, Jason. Do drive safely. Make sure you use a lot of soap, although not while you're driving. Uh, don't go 46 miles an hour in a 45. And we'll catch up with you soon, my friend. Thanks so much. All right. Yeah. All right. Brill time, Thank you, buddy. Brilliant stuff with our good buddy, Jason Master Donato. Uh, I do want you guys to hear this, Jason, or excuse me, the uh, the Josh Akami interview from spring training. I'm going to go ahead and enroll that for you right now. One of the great last names in the entire organization. Uh, we're with Josh Ockamy right now. And, and tell me about, I, I got to start there because it's a name as a broadcaster. It's just mm -hmm. fun to say. It, it sounds aggressive. Mm -hmm. It's cool. I mean, so uh, what, what's the derivation of, of Ockamy? Do you know? Uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's, uh, I, well, as I remember, I think it's uh, 
straight from, you know, you know, where, you know, the homeland out um, and, uh, got, and um, straight from Africa. So um, the fact that, you know, it's made its way all the way over here and has changed, um, you know, it's, it's something to be, you know, proud of, you know, yeah. from family-wise, so. Let me ask you about your family a little bit. Tell me about, about your, your mom and dad, your upbringing, and, and how you became who you are. Uh, they were, they, you know, they were really good parents. Um, I think, you know, I'd love to say that they raised me the right way. Um, they were very supportive in everything we did um, for me, my brother, and my uh, older sister. Um, you know, they, they did everything they could to make us, you know, succeed and be, you know, comfortable and happy in life. So. When you uh, look back to your childhood, what are some of the things that you think kind of will, will stay with you, whether it was baseball field or football, basketball, or, or nothing to do about sports? Um, I, I got to say it's just, um, you know, they, they were very hesitant on, um, you know, if I say, like, man, like, you know, say if I had a bad game and, you know, as a little kid, you know, you know, you kind of get you know sick and tired of you. Like, yeah. man, like, we well, don't know how to process it yet, right? Yeah, yeah. right, right. And they kept saying, "It's like, man, like it's just one bad game." You know, imagine how you feel after, or how, how you felt after a good game. So um, that goes with everything. Um, you know, when my brother when he was playing football, when my sister when she was playing basketball, um, they were they were the same way with them. So they they really encouraged us to keep going. Don't you know? When things get tough, it's not the time to give up. Yeah, yeah. So. Have you applied that to professional baseball now? Because, I mean, just to, to refresh people, your numbers last year at Pawtucket, 25 home runs, you walked a ton. I mean, you're good. you had some good hitting streaks for a while. But then, you, you, you know, at the end of the year, the, the old metric of batting average, you're like, well, wait a minute. You know, how come it was only that? Yeah. So when, when you take those life lessons, I guess, like you say, from your childhood, do you find those being applicable now? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and I look back at last year, I'm just like, you know, like, you, you know, hey, it, it happened, but, you know, there's got to be some adjustments to be made. So um, that, was, that was the thing that, you know, they, they preach. It was just in case, well, just because something doesn't happen or doesn't go the way you go doesn't mean you give up on it. You keep adjusting and, you know, get, you know, get back at it the next year. Your brother, twin brother, do I have that yeah. right? You guys are identical twins? Uh, fraternal. Fraternal twins, all right. So he's carved out his own thing, more of a football guy. Did you guys, was there ever a chance that you could have been the football guy and he could have been the baseball guy? It, it's funny because, like, you look at her size now. It's, uh, he looks more of a baseball player. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, um, he, he, was, he, was, he was about it in football. He, um, his senior year at uh, Del Val college um a d3 school but they were i think they finished fourth or fifth in the in the nation um and i mean that going to those games i actually enjoyed going to those games um because that team they had i mean they they're i mean they were they were legit there was there were a lot of there were a lot of nfl talent guys there and um uh, NFL scouts there too as well, so it was it was good to see him play well under those uh, you know circumstances. So you guys were Philly guys, and I know this is a New England broadcast here, but let's just get honest with it. Yeah, Eagles Super Bowl that had to be a pretty nice moment for you. Yeah, I was the I was down here at the time, oh, wow. and I was the only one wearing 
any Eagle stuff. Um, yeah, but I mean, I was sticking to my team. I mean, like I, I love, I love, I, I'll get this out the way. I love the Patriots. I love Tom Brady, Belichick. I had the most healthy respect, respect right? Yes, but I mean, that was. That's, you know, that was my team there. So it's oh, like, yeah, I, how can you not? Yeah. Right. So, and that was the thing. I mean, like, any other Super Bowl I'm in the Patriots are in, and I'm rooting for the Patriots. But, you know, when it's against my team, and I, no, I got to fair. That's fair. Hmm. Who, were your, who were your guys growing up? Were you more of like a Donovan McNabb guy? Did you like the running backs, receivers? Uh, I, was, I was a McNabb guy. Um, I mean, uh, Shady, um, LaShawn McCoy, when yeah. he got in, I mean, watching him run and juke everybody out on the field and that was that was that was real fun to watch too so um even like when we had mike uh mike vick for a little bit that was yeah. that was that was really fun to watch too so your off-field interest now it sounds like you're still up on football what mm-hmm. what else are you a uh, netflix guy what, what else happens when you're downtiming um I, well this past off season i got into to cooking i love really? i love to cook and what, uh, what made that happen uh, I mean, I, it was, I got tired of uh, eating out every night. Right. And I was just like, you know, I, I like to eat food. So I was just like, all right, like, if I don't have to, you know, spend, you know, 10, 15, $20 every day. I, why don't I just buy it all and just, you Smart. know, yeah. yeah, and make it myself, learn to make it and, you know, learn through trial and error. And, and uh, so you didn't like go to some big class or anything? No, or? no, wow. I, uh, yeah. Pinterest and uh, the Tasty app really helped okay. me out. So, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's the same thing. I'm just like every other guy, you know, Netflix and, uh, you know, Fortnite, right. FIFA, all that. So, Who's your team in FIFA? Do you have one? My last played it was uh, Chelsea. Chelsea was my team. And I love loved playing with them. I haven't been on it in a while, but um, so I've been busy cooking. But, um but yeah, when I I mean when I get back on it, I, I'll I'll figure out the teams like who I'm most comfortable with. But All right. so. last one for you, Josh, since you brought up the the cooking and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the what's the go to on that? What kind of stuff if you were to do? Well, let's let's say a, a two day meal plan here. What are you cooking? All right, two day meal plan. I'm. It won't be my specialty. Specialty is chili. Really? Chili. What, why? What, what do you put in it? It's family recipe. Oh, you're not telling. All right. I can't I can't tell. <laughs> okay. No but, offense. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, uh, some, some I brought it in in Pawtucket last year, and I mean it, it went down pretty fast nice. to the team. So right. um, they, I, they can, they can describe it a little bit better. But uh, yeah, I mean it was that. That's my specialty. Okay. So today I think I'm you know, you know bake some chicken, you know put some you know broccoli, zucchini, carrots and stuff, and. Uh, Get some like mashed potatoes or maybe like a sweet potato in there, and you know, um, you know that that that's 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 the easy stuff. But. Okay. <laughs> a dessert is that worth it, or you don't you don't do desserts? I I'm not big in desserts. I mean, I love desserts, but I haven't gotten to that range yet. So okay. I'm I'm still learning. It's still in progress. Well, it <laughs> sounds like everything you're doing is you just you want to learn, you want to get better, which mm-hmm. is an awesome awesome trait. A continued success, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. No. Thank you. All right, thanks again to Josh Ockamy. Very cool of him to do. And obviously in these coronavirus times, I'm updating this even now at the end of the podcast because we obviously rolled tape with Jason off the top uh, before a lot of news was breaking on that. Let's all just kind of uh, roll with this together. What else can we do? I'm going to keep on 
putting some content out there because I think it's important that we all have something to do over the next few weeks or however long this takes to get back to normal. Happy to do that and happy to also remind you of the other venture that CLNS is letting me do, which I think now more than ever might take your mind off of everything and give you a little bit of, uh, of nice. The Throwback League is available. You can download that, subscribe to it. Hope you found that by now. It's a lot of fun. It's basically March Madness that is happening. It's just it's with World Series teams between 1974 and 2006 with a, a bunch of other at-large teams in there. It's a computer simulation and very, very uh, accurate, I think. I take the uh, the play-by-play, the box score into a studio, and I record the game like it actually happened. So you're going to hear a lot of great names. This week's episode happens to be the 75 Red Sox taking on the 01 Diamondbacks. So if you want to know what Luis Tiant and Randy Johnson did against each other face-to-face, what it would have been like to have Fred Lynn hit one into the swimming pool, uh, those things may happen for you if you uh, go ahead and download and subscribe. It's called The Throwback League, and there's a website. You can track the brackets. You can look at the box scores, thethrowbackleague.com, and it's on Twitter, too, at thethrowbacklg, short for league. So uh, just some ideas on how to stay busy over the next couple of weeks. I know it's crazy times, but uh, thanks again to our guests, Jason Mastrogenato and Josh Akami from earlier in spring training when spring training was normal. This is Josh Lewin, Red Sox Beat, coming at you and still will.